Previously on Radio Cataclysm, the prisoners and their guards were given a meal and a place to sleep by a family of human animal hybrids. It might be the last good sleep any of them have for a long while. Zek woke with a start. Something like a mixture of a lion's roar and a terrified shriek came from outside. That sounds like a horse, said Zek, but like a horse full of demons. The sound of hoofbeats that followed was unmistakable. It is a horse, he said. Everybody else was already on the ground floor. Bob was wearing his mask. Cheryl had the curtain pulled back just enough to peek through the window. It's time to go, she said. All I see is a big cloud of dust, but I'd know that Winnie anywhere. It's Ouroboros, Colonel Destroyer's destroyer. Let's go! Zek descended the ladder. The hoofbeats were very close now. They slowed to a trot and then stopped. Cheryl opened the door and walked outside. Bob followed. Colonel Destroyer, sir, Cheryl said. She and Bob saluted. Zek and the others stayed inside, but crowded around the open door and the windows so they could see what was happening. Thirty-odd Tephra soldiers in full flame suits and a dozen Sparasa soldiers in huntsman spider armor sat on horseback, shrouded by the massive cloud of dust they'd stirred up on their ride. Leading them all was Colonel Destroyer. Colonel Destroyer's horse was massive. Rather than a simple robot, Ouroboros was a fully integrated cyborg. His hair was coal black and shone like an oil slick. He was covered in chrome armor, with spikes on his face and shoes. His eyes were as black as his fur, but when they shifted, they gave a flicker of red. He snorted and steam streamed from his nostrils. Colonel Destroyer dismounted. He was easily seven feet tall, but his boots added another six inches. He wore a full suit of armor, too, made from tactical silk dyed black and red. Copper-colored carbon fiber plates covered his limbs and torso. His spider mask was much more elaborate than Cheryl's and Bob's. The eyes moved or gave the appearance of moving when he looked around. The chalicerae moved when he talked, and the fangs on the end looked razor sharp. His voice had been frightening over the radio. In person, it felt like a rusty saw blade slicing through your spine. Lieutenant Tamor, he said when he saw Cheryl. Fancy meeting you here. I thought we'd find you farther north. You've made good time on foot. Cheryl and Bob saluted. The colonel saluted back. We marched all night until we found this farm. The folk who live here agreed to a trade. Thirty rations in exchange for food and lodging. We've already eaten and rested and we can be ready to go in just a few minutes. We'll leave soon enough, said Colonel Destroyer. We've also stopped for a bite to eat. Ouroboros, to the cornfield! He slapped his horse's flank and it took off at a gallop in the direction of the corn. Sir, the cornfield, said Cheryl. The farmers are working out there. Perhaps you should call Ouroboros back until they've cleared out. You know very well that coming between Ouroboros and his meal is a sure way to lose a hand. He'll only eat the corn. He doesn't like cat. Cat, sir? Destroyer looked up at the roof of the house. Barb was crouched up there, her haunches taut and ready to pounce. Sir, the others are chickens, Cheryl started to say. 
but before she could finish, a cacophony of fluttering wings and clucking erupted from the edge of the cornfield. The children, said Barb. She sprang from the roof and dashed after the destroyer. Clara shrieked. Monster! she screamed. Monster! Fly, children! The horse had started to graze at the corn, chewing and devouring entire stalks like an industrial mulcher. When he saw the chickens emerge, he gave chase. Four of the chicks had a good lead. They couldn't fly properly, but they used their wings to give speed to their run. Michael and Charles weren't as fast as the others, so Clara plucked them up in her talons and flew as hard as she could toward the house. Barb had reached the horse by then. She pounced, claws out, straight at the open spot between its helmet and its plate armor. She gave the horse a good gash and knocked it to its side, but it didn't stay down for long. It sprang up and kicked Barb in the chest, sending her flying across the yard. She landed like a ragdoll and didn't get up. Meatrom had been watching from a window. Now he dashed from the house. Bert's tried to follow, but his leg still wasn't fully healed, so he was quickly left behind. Ouroboros was back on his feet. He gained on Clara with frightening speed. She lost her grip on Michael, then dropped Charles trying to turn back for him. The horse was right there. There was no time. Clara threw her wings around Charles and closed her eyes. Michael cried out, Mommy! There was a sickening crunch. Clara screamed. Meatrom roared. He leapt clear over Clara and Charles, placing himself between the chickens and the horse. Losing no momentum, he punched Ouroboros right in his horse face. The horse staggered. The armor that covered his nose showed a dent the size of Meat's fist. Ouroboros gave another terrifying whinny. He reared up on his hind legs. His belly was covered by an array of gun barrels and nozzles. Meat Rom reached out to tear one of the nozzles loose, but another one spun toward him and fired. Hundreds of spiders sprayed out, covering the giant with webbing in an instant. The horse stamped its hoof on the ground in a pattern that sounded like Morse code. Yes, said Colonel Destroyer, laughing. He applauded and strolled up to his horse. You've captured Meat Rom, he said. Good boy, good horse, who's a good horsey? He patted Ouroboros on the nose. Oh, he dented your helmet, though. No matter, we'll soon have that fixed up good as new. You monster, said Clara. He was only a child. What kind of person lets a beast like that run loose? A beast like what? Like my horse? Or like that puma that attacked him? Some would ask, who let you and your chicks run free? Not I, mind you. I've no prejudice against folk. Still, there are safer places for your kind than out here on the plains. Secure communes where this sort of thing wouldn't happen. Prisons, Clara spat. Labor camps. Why don't you just go? Your horse has fed. You've killed my friend. Forget the rations, just go. She's alive, said Cheryl. She knelt over Barb's unconscious form. Some broken bones, but she may be all right. There, you see, said Destroyer. We'll leave you some Medigel. That's generous of me. Your cat will be good as new. No harm done. Now, this being wartime, you are obligated to provide adequate food and shelter to soldiers free of charge. I am a reasonable man, though. 
Since my lieutenant has already made an agreement with you, we'll leave the thirty rations you were promised. And, of course, something for your child. He waved to his squire. Chad, bring the loot. The hatchback of one of the robot horses opened up, and Chad the squire climbed out. He led another of the horses to where the colonel stood over Clara. The horse was laden with chests and sacks. Destroyer set one of the chests on the ground and opened it up. It was packed with precious gems, gold coins, and jewelry. Take a handful, said Destroyer. A talonful? Oh, hell, take two. Clara didn't move. She didn't even look at the chest. No, said Destroyer. Very well. He scooped two big handfuls of loot out of the chest and dumped them on the ground. Payment for your hospitality and recompense for loss and damages. Clara just hugged Charles and cried. All right, men, Colonel Destroyer said. Prepare to move out. We're heading south as far as south goes. Chad, pack up the loot and find a horse strong enough to carry the giant. Sir, said Cheryl, the medigel. Oh, yes, take it out of the medikit. That's the uh, horse with the apothecary symbol on its flank. The back of the medikit horse opened like a trunk. Cheryl found the supply of medigel. She took five tubes. Clara had returned to the house with Charles. Cheryl found her huddled in the loft with her five remaining children. I'm so sorry about this, Cheryl said. Clara didn't say anything. I know this doesn't make up for what happened, but this medigel will heal Barbara. Smeared on her gums until she wakes up, then have her eat a little at a time. One full tube should be enough to mend her bones and prevent any permanent damage. Save the rest of it for emergencies. She paused. Maybe give some to your cow? It might help with whatever ails her. Get her to start giving milk again? Clara and her children said nothing. Cheryl left. Zack and Bertz carried Barb inside and laid her on the downstairs bed. How's that leg? Cheryl asked Bertz. Better, but not perfect. Like I said, I'm a fast healer. Not fast enough for the colonel. Your mount is unavailable. You'll have to walk. Hold out your hand. Bertz did as she asked. She squeezed a little smear of medigel into his palm. Eat that. It'll help. Bertz nodded. Thanks. He licked at the bluish goop. John and Stephen sat at the table. Matthew was between them, his head face down on the table. What happened? Cheryl asked. We were watching out of the side window here, said Stephen. When that horse ate the kid, Matthew fainted. Can't say I blame him, said John. That was a nasty piece of business. Cheryl dug in her belt until she found a small capsule. Smelling salt, she said. Hold his head up. When she cracked the capsule under Matthew's nose, he came to immediately. He buried his face in his hands and started crying. This is bullshit, said Stephen. Do we really have to go with that fucking monster out there? Honestly, said Cheryl, I'd much rather the two of you stayed here on the farm. Maybe even John, too. This morning, I asked Clara to keep you on as farmhands, but... 
Now, I, I don't think she wants to see any of us any longer. I know I wouldn't. If we asked, even now, maybe she'd let you stay. But you would be a daily reminder of what happened here today. Every time she looked at you, she'd see Michael's little face. I'll leave it up to you three. Ask her if you like. I'll be outside. Cheryl found Bob outside, asking around among the Tefra soldiers to see if there was a spare horse he could ride. There's not enough, said Cheryl. You and I will have to walk. John, Matthew, and Stephen emerged from the house. Oh, I didn't ask, said Stephen. You're right, we can't stay here. Cheryl nodded. Chad approached Cheryl with something in his hands. He gave it a quick wipe with a rag and presented it to her with his head bowed. A huntsman mask? Cheryl said. Chad nodded. She took the mask. The chalicerae curved inward. The fangs on the end were sharp, though not so sharp as the colonel's. Cheryl pulled up her cowl and attached the mask. That's more like it, said Colonel Destroyer. He was astride Ouroboros once more. The horse's helmet had already been replaced by a spare. Cheryl Tamor in the Sparasa once more. We've missed you. Now are you quite through with your ministrations? My men are ready. Chad has retrieved your horses and unloaded the promised rations for these farmers. I'm ready, sir, said Cheryl. And your prisoners? We have Meatrom loaded up already. We really only need him and Bert's. Do you still insist on bringing the rest along? I insist, she said. Very well. It'll be slow going with so many on foot. Bert's, you're with me. Do you stop babying that leg? Destroyer swung his arm as if cracking a whip, though he held nothing in his hand. A long rope of spider silk shot from his glove. It wrapped around Bert's neck and stuck. Destroyer detached the end of the rope from his hand and stuck it to a post behind his saddle. Chad! Cuffs! Chad wrapped Bert's wrists tightly together with more webbing. Do keep up, froth, said Destroyer. I know you can. Son of a bitch, said Bert's. He spat, hitting Destroyer square in the back. The colonel only laughed and said, Sally forth! Welcome back. I'm David Jewell. You're listening to Radio Cataclysm, an audiobook podcast bringing you stories from the Zek universe and beyond. This week's episode contains the first scene that came to me when I was getting ideas for the Zek series, the very first image that came to mind. I had this vivid image of a group of soldiers on horseback stopping at a farmhouse, and their chickens running around in the yard, and one of the horses runs over and eats one whole. A larger chicken comes running out of the house, screaming because a monster is eating her babies. That horrifying image is the nucleus the entire rest of the story collected around. The writing process is weird sometimes. Hey, next week is the finale of Season 1 of Radio Cataclysm. It will be the conclusion of Zek. If you want to hear next week's episode early, you can subscribe on Patreon at patreon.com slash radiocataclysm. You can also find the text version of this story serialized at whatnotetc.com. That's whatnotetc. And of course, you'll find that a week early over at the Patreon as well. 
Patreon is also where you'll find side stories and other exclusive content. And of course, as this is an audiobook podcast, the audiobook itself is available on Amazon and wherever you get audiobooks. There are links to all of that in the show notes. Tonight's sound is... Until next time, this is Radio Cataclysm. It's not the end of the world.